We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner Impossible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show, getting Chiefs Kingdom ready for the 2023 NFL Draft. Hosted right here in Kansas City with the best analysis, interviews, and content you can find to stay up to date and in the know. With that said, let's begin the show. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to another Best Mock Monday. I'm BJ Kissel, and we have got a very special guest uh, joining us today to give us his best-case scenario mock draft for the Kansas City Chiefs this year. None other than Dane Brugler from The Athletic, the guy who produces, I want to say, the quintessential NFL draft guide uh, that everybody takes a look at from fans to coaches to GMs. Uh, Everybody in the league is checking this thing out, man. Dane, we appreciate it. How did the launch of the beast go this year it seemed like the feedback once again was was very positive yeah it was awesome uh really appreciate appreciative of everyone checking it out um it's it's a year in the making so the chance to finally be able to share it with everyone it take a lot of pride in that and so um you know make sure get all the pro day information in there um nfl verified testing data for almost 1900 uh, prospects in this draft um all the reports over 400 reports so uh, it, it's, you know, it, my rankings might differ from yours and anybody else's, and that's okay. I, th- the main takeaway I want people to have from the beast is just a resource guide. Uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a resource with all the information, uh, information and data and all that. So, uh, really appreciate everyone checking it out. It's one of the guides that I print off. Uh, I go to Kinko's. It, it costs a lot. It's a lot of pages. It's very much worth it though, but you print that thing off, you get it bound. Uh, you can flip through it easily and it's not just the, the grades, but the, the background. Uh, information that you put in there is really what separates that guide your guide from a lot of the other ones that are out there is that you really have a lot of information that you can't find in other places. Uh, so I couldn't recommend it uh, more highly to anybody out there that's listening, hasn't checked it out yet. Um, they can find that on all of your social media platforms. But Dan, I'm excited to get to your take on uh, what the Kansas City Chiefs should do in this draft. It's a special time. I mean, everybody in Kansas City is buzzing right now. A couple months removed from winning a Super Bowl and we get to host the NFL draft here in Kansas City. They've got 10 picks as we stand right now. I'd be surprised if they end up taking all of these picks. But for the sake of this mock, we had you pick players based on if they didn't make any trades, uh, just for the sake of of no trades in this one. But uh, big picture, 
how do you feel about the Chiefs roster, what Brad Veach and company have done so far in, in free agency and setting this up to have another draft, hopefully uh, like they did last year? Yeah, I'm excited to get back to Can- down to Kansas City for the draft. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I- I'm really excited to see uh, all the fans out there. So uh, I'm really excited for that next week. Um, I-, I think ideally you set up your roster so you enter the draft with not not having a glaring need where you could really let the board fall to you, especially a team like the Chiefs where you're picking at the end of the first round. You know, you don't want to have to go with a specific position. Um, sometimes it works out like that. Sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, we'll see this year. Is it going to be a receiver? Is it going to be a pass rusher? Is it going to be just truly best available? Uh, a lot of different directions this team could go in the first. Yeah, I think at least locally, a lot of the talk is kind of narrowed down to three positions. Uh, with at least that first pick, that's where a lot of the discussion lies. Uh, but between wide receiver, edge rusher, and offensive tackle, uh, depending upon who's there, those are the three positions that it's kind of narrowed down now. Cornerback is a sneaky one that could make sense. They had so much success last year, but if if value of guys fall that you don't expect to because this is the time of the year that there's about 55 guys projected in the first rounds. If you check out multiple mock drafts and where people are graded, there's always a lot of guys that are projected at, projected at some point to go in the first round. But... Um, you know, tight end is another one uh, that's been kind of sneaky out there. But let's get into your mock draft um, and what you have the Chiefs doing. Again, this is your best case scenario. If it fell this way, you would love this draft for the Kansas City Chiefs. And with their first round pick at number 31 overall, a player that a lot of people locally are familiar with uh, in K-State edge rusher Felix Anyaduke Uzama. What is it that you like about him as a player and what is it that you like about his fit going to Kansas City right here? 6'3", 255 pounds, uh, a guy that is just incredibly disruptive consistently. Uh, you know, and, and he was a guy that wasn't highly heralded as a top recruit. Uh, you know, he, he had to basically uh, edge his way under that Kansas, Kansas State roster, and he did it. And then once he took over last year, uh, it was he just couldn't keep him out of the backfield. Uh, it was funny being at the combine and talking all these uh, prospects and consistently each one of them when it, it, you talk about some of the Oklahoma tackles or um, you know all, all the different tackles that were there for the Big 12 they'd tell you uh, you know who was the toughest pass rusher you faced this year oh man Kansas State uh, uh, Kansas State or number 91 uh, you know the Felix guy yeah him I mean they all had they all said he was the toughest they went up against uh, because he consistently creates disruption uh, his ability to uh, understand angles, understand he's not the bendiest uh, pass rusher out there, but he is a guy that can get upfield, uh, threaten the corner, he can flatten. The motor is nonstop. Uh, you know, he has some body flexibility, so it's not just I'm going to rush down the middle of you. I'm not just I have to win with speed. He can win in different different ways, and so this is a guy that uh, maybe doesn't uh, check every box in terms of being a top tester and this and that. But you just can't deny the production. You can't deny the tape. Uh, there's a lot to like about how he fits the, you know, Steve Zagnola and that that scheme, and uh, how that might be the best case scenario for where they're looking with that 31st pick. Yeah, I know it would be special. I mean, for a Kansas City kid uh, to get drafted to the Chiefs in his hometown, uh, I've heard he's going to be having a party somewhere uh, in Kansas City. I think he's over on the the Lee Summit or Blue Springs area, but. Uh, I'm sure that would be special uh, if it plays out this way for Felix Anyduke Uzama. And at least a third of most college sports fans in Kansas City, whether it's KUK State, Mizzou, could be excited about that pick. But uh, let's move on to the second round pick that you've gotten as a player that 
um, has been creating some buzz around this area, a player that uh, we've talked about before on these mock drafts. But Tyler Scott, the wide receiver out of Cincinnati, what is it, Dane, that you love about Tyler Scott? The moment he declared, I sent out a tweet, and I was just, just wait, guys. You're going to figure out more about Tyler Scott. I promise you this. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in the draft. Uh, 5'10", 180 pounds. Uh, the size does not wow you. And I feel like Tyler Lockett gets overused as a comparison every single draft cycle. But I, I believe Tyler Scott has Tyler Lockett-type potential. He has that type of ability to be a uh, win at all three levels. Uh, you know, has his... Just, just take his touchdown production the last two years, for example. 14 touchdown catches the last two years. All 14 were at least 20 yards uh, uh, through the air. And he averaged on those 14 touchdowns 44.6 yards per touchdown catch. So I, it, he, this is a big play waiting to happen. Um, it, uh, it, when you watch him, you wouldn't guess that this is a guy that's pretty new to wide receiver. But in high school, he was part of an option offense. I asked him straight up, how many catches do you think you had uh, in, in your entire high school career, he said maybe 10. So this is a guy that has not been playing the position all that long, but you would not guess that just watching his tape. Uh, you know, could he use a little more route refinement? Sure. Um, does he have a few drops? Yes. But for a guy that's 5'10", he's not afraid to go climb the ladder, make plays, uh, snatch the ball away from his frame. Uh, I think you want know, to play him inside, play him outside. He has some return experience. So there's a lot to like about Tyler Scott and what he brings to your offense immediately. But also, he's just he, he's going to keep growing. And that you, that explosive speed that he offers, um, a lot to like there. We had, went a 4-4 at the combine, then a 4-3-7 at the pro day. So Tyler Scott, if he's still there at the end of the second round, uh, I think it's tremendous value for the Chiefs. I want to ask you this because you're you're familiar with the different programs, and I don't know you could watch the highlights and I get an idea of what he what he is as an athlete, just like you know all the fans and everybody out there listening. But for the offense that they put in, and I know Joseph Hefner does sports data analytics for us on our Substack, uh, wrote about Andy Reid and young or rookie wide receivers stepping in and, and grasping this offense because we've you and I have talked about it over the years. And that, you know, a lot of their their play calls, their concepts, they have to read the defense, they have to know where the leverage of the linebackers, where to sit how to get in the ABC windows for Patrick Mahomes. And if you don't know where you're standing or if you don't know where to go, not only is that bad for you individually, but you could be pulling defenders into areas that they shouldn't be based on, again, the look of where everybody needs to see it the same way. Based on Cincinnati's offense, how much mentally do you feel like Tyler Scott had on him to be able to step into a system like Andy Reid's that has not lend itself to rookies necessarily stepping in and making a big impact right away? How do you feel that that side of his game, that mental acuity for him to learn the position, you mentioned lining up in different spots, but uh, are you comfortable with him going into an offense that puts so much on the wide receiver position? Yeah, I think so. And, um, you know, just talking to him, getting a sense for uh, him as a person and his mental capacity and all that, I feel I feel pretty good about that. Uh, and I think you know, this is going to be a conversation no matter which receiver the Chiefs draft uh, yeah. in the first three rounds is having – expectations based off of what they're going to be asked to do. Um, but, I, you know, you watch him on tape, and you can see him creating that vertical push uh, and really selling his routes. You understand, you can see based off his eyes what he's reading and what he's not uh, being asked to do. So, I, you know, is there going to be a little bit of a learning curve? Absolutely. But I, I, I would have no uh, worries about this player in that offense. Awesome. And Chiefs have had good luck uh, getting pass catchers out of the University of Cincinnati over the last however many years. So there's a connection there as well. All right, let's 
Let's move on to that number, that third pick, number 95 overall in the third round. Player that I wasn't familiar with, but I had a, I had a lot of fun watching his tape. Uh, that's Jalen Duncan, the offensive tackle out of Maryland. Uh, again, you're hitting all three of those positions that we talked about. Even before we set them up, you're on top of it. You've got defensive end, edge rusher, wide receiver with the second pick, and now addressing tackle. A lot of the conversations, at least locally, had been, you know, where are the pockets of those offensive tackles? Seems like there's going to be a handful of them that go in the first what is it that you love about Duncan right here in the third round for the Chiefs? Duncan is a perplexing prospect. Um, you, you really like the tools. Six, five and a half, 306 pounds, moves really well. Um, but, you know, there's some things about his game that, that bother you a little bit. And that's why we're talking about him as a late third rounder and not someone that's off the board at a top 50 picks. Coming into the year, I thought this might be a top 50 player. Uh, but his senior year just did not go as planned. Uh, you know, his testing was average. It wasn't anything to get overly excited about. Um, and, and so, you know, I th it always worries me when I see a player gain a lot of weight or lose a lot of weight between their combine and their pro day. And that's something that's in the draft guide is I'll tell you exactly the weight that he was the combine and then the exact weight he was the pro day. It's always interesting to look at that. Elkin was 16 pounds more at his pro day than he was at the combine. And to me, that's a little bit of a red flag. Like, okay, you Took your yeah. foot off the pedal a little bit, like you know. So I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of reasons why Duncan, with his tools, we're talking about him as a third or fourth round pick, and not someone that's locked to go in the top fifty. But again, that's what this is the point of the draft where you're there's a little bit of risk involved. And with Jalen Duncan, there's there's some risk here. This is an impressive mover. Um, he has good foot quickness. Uh, you can see him, uh, you know, throw on the tape. You can see him hold up on an island, use his hands well. Um, but you know, again, there are uh, the, something that bothers me the most about Duncan was his worst tape this past year. It, it came in the biggest games. So you throw on Ohio State, you throw on Michigan, you throw on Penn State. The three best opponents Maryland faced this year, those were probably his three worst games. And to me, that's it's a little bit of a red flag. Uh, but again, he has the tools, has the traits. He's going to need time to be coached up more and more. Um, but when we're talking about like third round, I think this is the type of value you're looking at. All right, let's move on to the next pick. And this one uh, is a player that most Chiefs fans are going to hope doesn't play anytime uh, soon, to be completely honest. And that's not any kind of disrespect to the player. Uh, but you can't not look at Jaron Hall, the cornerback at a BYU. Think about him joining the Chiefs. If this is the spot that around you have him being drafted, the the connection, I guarantee you Andy Reid has watched a lot of Jaron Hall play football just with his BYU connections. But what is it that you love about Jaron Hall, the to get in there and compete with Shane Bouchelle as the Chiefs' backup quarterback now that Chad Henney is retired and is busy making commercials and doing all kinds of fun things that he seems like he's been doing lately uh, in his recent retirement. Yeah, and, and let me uh, point out that I, I did this mock trying to be as realistic as possible. And I think that fans need to accept that quarterback two, it's, it's, if you just list the most important positions on a football team, quarterback two is higher than some starting positions uh, uh, elsewhere. You know, I, I, some teams, and every team's different. Uh, you don't know exactly how the Chiefs, uh, you know, where quarterback two ranks, but their quarterback two might be more important than your right guard. It might be more important than your, uh, you know, outside linebacker. Uh, so, you know, I, getting that quarterback two is really, really important. And if they believe Jaron Hall from BYU is a, a an ideal fit, which I think he would be an ideal fit as a backup, uh, I would not be surprised at all if in the fourth round, and we're talking about pick, uh, what, 122 here? 
So, you know, this isn't a top 100 pick. I, I know a lot of I'm being very defensive right now, I know. But I know a lot of fans are going to love seeing a quarterback here. Uh, but you know what? If you can lock down your backup quarterback spot with pick 122, uh, the Chiefs, I don't think, would have any problem pulling that trigger and doing that. And Hall, I think, is a great fit with what he offers skill set-wise. Um, and just the way he's able to step in from day one and be that guy behind Patrick Mahomes. So I, I think there's a lot of connections here that make a, a ton of sense. Yeah, and so much of it being the backup quarterback is also what kind of value do you provide Patrick Mahomes sitting in that room and watching film with him and giving looks and and being just kind of a soundboard uh, for him to be able to bounce things off of. And the guys that are very good at that, you see have long careers in the NFL as backup quarterbacks or other spots. So, uh, But again, going back, if Jaron Hall is the pick right here at 122 for the Chiefs in the fourth round, I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of Chiefs fans are upset, but then you go back to Andy Reid, like just go ahead and trust – him to take a quarterback from his, his alma mater uh, right there to back uh, Patrick Mahomes or to compete with Shane Bouchelle and Chris Aludigan, uh for that backup spot. All right, let's move on to the other, the second pick in the fourth round that the Chiefs have at 134, Texas linebacker Demarion Overshone, uh, another fun player. I talk about energy givers. Dave, when I was watching this film, uh, what is it that you love about Demarion Overshone for the Chiefs right here in the fourth round? Uh, versatility. Uh, you know, he's recruited as a safety. They played him at DB a little bit. Then he moved to linebacker. Uh, his final year at Texas, they played him as more of an edge player. So he's got range. He's got explosiveness. He can really run. Uh, you can you can do a lot of different things. And I think at the very least, you're feeling really good about the impact on special teams that he's going to give you. Uh, but I, I think his ability to play the entire field, uh, that range is to cover tight ends but also, you know, work off of blocks and, and make stops against linebackers. Uh, put him as part of your linebacker rotation, and I think you're feeling pretty good about the value here in the late four. Absolutely. We are halfway through the best mock Monday with the Athletics' Dane Brugler. To recap, Felix Andy Duque Uzama, the defensive end from K-State with the first pick, then Tyler Scott, wide receiver out of Cincinnati, Offensive tackle Jalen Duncan out of Maryland with their third-round pick. And then the two fourth-round picks, Jaron Hall, quarterback out of BYU. And then Demarion Overshone, linebacker out of Texas. We will get the final five picks on Dane Brugler's Best Mock Monday here on KC Sports Network right after this quick break. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Thanks for watching this production of KC Sports Network. Proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Kansas City, the NFL draft is almost here. It's a fantastic time for our city. Make sure you're staying locked into us here at KC Sports Network because we've got the draft covered. Chiefs have 10 picks. We'll see how many they actually use, but there's one selection that every football fan can share, and that's an ice-cold Miller Lite. The players change, the coaches change, the rules change. But Miller Lite is still the perfect beer for draft time, game time, and everything in between. Personally, when I want a beer with some flavor, but it's also light and won't make me feel bad, Miller Lite has been a go-to. It's light on calories, not taste. What's the point of drinking beer if you can't taste it? Till kickoff comes around again, enjoy the beer that tastes like the season. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com KCSN. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back to Best Mock Monday. We're hanging out with Dane Brugler from The Athletic and the guy who produces the quintessential number one draft guide uh, in the NFL. So make sure to check that out. It's uh, affectionately known as the beast. All right, Dane, we've gone through your first five picks. Let's get the final five picks starting in the fifth round. Uh, defensive lineman out of Toledo, Dewan Johnson. Dane, what is it that you love about Dewan Johnson? I mean, he is disruptive, a uh, little bit undersized and, you know, might be a little bit different than um, some of the uh, defensive linemen that Chiefs have gone for uh, recently. 6'2", 285, uh, under 32 inch arms. But man, he's throwing the tape and this guy loves to be in enemy territory. Uh, he finds his way in the backfield and he it forces that offensive backfield to, uh, you know, really kind of you know, play on their toes because he, he can get back there and really disrupt things. So nose for the ball in the run game. Uh, yeah, he's actually, uh, you know, with his that, that initial quickness, maybe a better run defender than that pass rusher, uh, even given his size. So his ability to shoot gaps, be disruptive, that's what you're getting w- with Johnson, a guy that I know the Chiefs have so- shown some interest in, and I think in order to get him, might have to be here in the fifth round. All right, and we've seen defensive line coach Joe Cullen uh, was focusing on the defensive run game last year, um, or getting those guys after the quarterbacks had a chance to to talk with him out at the combine. when We were sitting right next to your table. Uh, Joe Cullen had a chance to come sit down with us and uh, he got the most out of the defense chiefs defensive line. We saw a handful of players have the best years of their career. Guys like Mike Dana. And before he got injured, Turk Wharton, Colin Saunders, uh, Chris Jones probably had the best year of his career. Saw Frank Clark have a great year. Uh, and so getting some more young defensive linemen for Joe Cullen and his staff and that whole defensive staff to, to work with, uh, would be a welcome sight. Dewan Johnson is one of those names that for this area of the draft that uh, is picking up a little buzz. You said the Chiefs are talking to him. That's a great sign. So move on to the, the next position, running back Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. Another fun player who's got a little more burst, Dane. Not that uh, I've watched all these guys, but for his size and stature, uh, shows a little more acceleration and burst than I expected when I first turned the tape on. That might be what it does best. I mean, he, he ran, he's got a track background. Um, I think maybe his best tape is when you get hit the ball in his hands on screens where he has some blockers in front of him, can use that speed and go make something happen. Uh, this is also a player with uh, a medical tag. And so that's where, that's why he's available here in the sixth round as opposed to the third or the fourth or earlier in the draft. Um, and then you look at the, you know, the running back depth chart for the Chiefs with Pacheco and uh, Edwards Alaire and uh, yeah, I think you can 
take a swing here in the early sixth round on a guy like this who has talent uh, and, and hopefully he's able to stay healthy because if he does, he could look like a massive steal at this point. Yeah, let's move on to the next pick. Uh, another wide receiver, excuse me, another offensive skill position player and the second wide receiver taken, again, going back, taking Tyler Scott, the wide receiver out of Cincinnati in the second round at number 63. And now in the sixth round at number 217 overall, wide receiver out of Charlotte, Grant DuBose. What is it that you like about Grant DuBose? I wanted to go with a little bit more size here for the Chiefs um, to that depth chart. Uh, six, two and a half, over 200 pounds. Uh, not a, a straight burner. But he's a guy that will go up and get the football. So uh, you see fluidity. Uh, you see the body control. Uh, he can work in traffic. Uh, very strong hands. Uh, and a guy that, for a big man, uh, he has very quick feet. So in and out of his breaks really quickly, off the line really quickly. Um, and he has some juice after the catch. So he'll break a tackle. He will uh, sidestep a defender, make somebody miss. And so he's, he's a guy that, uh, you know, you add to the mix, give you a little bit more size as opposed to uh, the speed. But I, I think he'd be a nice compliment to what they already have. And I like the idea of taking two wide receivers in this draft. And some Chiefs fans might be confused because recently we've seen him sign former Giants wide receiver Richie James. They just re-signed Justin Watson. Uh, but none of those guys and none of the other really contracts that we in it, what they've done this offseason would preclude them from bringing more guys into the mix. And I think wide receiver has been probably the most discussed topic um, amongst Chiefs fans this year just because of what they've lost and that Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, was lost this offseason. He really didn't have a lot of guys coming back that put up a lot of production outside of, obviously, Travis Kelsey being the number one option in the passing game. But uh, as far as wide receivers goes, it's it's kind of going to be fun to watch these guys compete if it stays the way that it has and not bringing any other veterans that you know we know that have gone out and produced at the NFL level. There's been a lot of talk locally, Dane, about Justin Ross. He has been the darling of the offseason. Um, let's yeah. That, I, fingers crossed. I mean, you know, you, you just hope that he can stay on the field. That's for sure. I can guarantee there's nobody rooting against him for sure. Uh, there are a lot of people that are saying, let's pause before we just hand the number three wide receiver position to somebody that hasn't stepped on a football field in an NFL regular season game yet. Uh, but you do have some guys, Justin Watson, again, Richie James had some success, had some production at the NFL level. And then you got Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Kadarius, Tony. Uh, but you need health. But I like the idea of getting two young guys, getting it into that mix and letting them compete. Let's move on to the two seventh round picks. Uh, the first one being a position that we talked about at the top of the show that has been a popular one uh, amongst Chiefs fans looking at what, at least from the analysts that we've talked to so far, Dane, that the depth at the tight end position in this draft has been kind of praised by a lot of different people that we've talked to. And you have the Chiefs selecting Blake Whitehart, tight end out of... Um, Wake Forest. Out of Wake Forest, yes. Yep. What is it that you love about uh, Blake Whitehart? Yeah, and a little undersized, 245 pounds, but when a tight end runs a 6.77 three-cone, that makes you sit up and say, okay, this guy this guy can move. Um, and when you watch him on tape, doesn't have a ton of production, wasn't a huge part. You know, that, that Wake Forest offense was all to the receivers, to the receivers. Uh, they didn't utilize the tight end that much, and so I think that's allowed Whitehart to be a little bit uh, overlooked uh, NFL teams aren't overlooking this guy I mean there's a reason he was invited to the combine there's a reason teams have done a lot of work on Whiteheart um, and, and what he could potentially be at the next level uh, so I, I think maybe he's closer to that Noah Gray type of uh, type of prospect as opposed to a, a Travis Kelsey I mean no one's Travis 
But uh, this guy has uh, a lot of things that you could step in and, and be a, a capable pass catcher from day one. Doesn't drop the football. He had zero drops this past year. Does not put the football on the ground. He gets open. Um, you know, he can give you, uh, it, it, you know, uh, some functional blocking uh, if you want him uh, doing that up front. So there, there's a lot of things you can work with with Whiteheart. And you know, I, I agree, this is a loaded tight end, tight end class. So at some point, I, I think it makes sense for this team to address the position. And I think whoever ends up being the tight end uh, that's drafted, I'd be surprised if in this draft they didn't end up with one, even though we talked about this uh, on the KCSN draft show yesterday that the Chiefs have four tight ends on their roster. They have Noah Gray, Blake Bell was re-signed, uh, and then you've got Jody Fortson and obviously Travis Kelsey, but uh, it's not going to preclude them from drafting a guy that they like and getting another young tight end, whoever it ends up being, to be able to work with Travis Kelsey every day and watch the way he goes about his business, to watch the way that he practices running his routes, and that there's a reason that he's considered the best to ever do it in Kansas City, and you can have that debate however you want. Uh, but one of the best tight ends in NFL history at minimum. Uh, the way that he goes about his business, the way that he prepares, all of those things, extremely valuable for a player to spend a couple years, three years, however long Travis wants to continue playing. Uh, that would be huge for Blake Whitehart, Whitehart, whoever they end up taking. All right, let's get to your final pick uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs player that has been mocked to him before when we've done this. Uh, with, I think Trevor Sikama had uh, the same player drafted around this same time. Uh, Nick Jones, cornerback out of Ball State. Uh, again, talk about energy givers, guys that aren't afraid of the moment, afraid to go out there and play with a little, a little flair. Uh, Nick Jones definitely seems to be one of those players. Yeah, and you think about the success that this team had finding corners uh, on day three last year. Uh, it, Nick Jones could definitely be in that same vein. Uh, he's he can make plays on special teams. He's, he's got multiple block punts uh, in his career. He had 14 passes defended as a corner last year, played nickel. Um, you know, there's uh, a lot of optimism. I, I heard from several scouts throughout the fall, like, hey, make sure you check out this Ball State corner. Make, make sure you check out uh, you know, number one there, uh, Jones. Uh, plenty of love on the streets uh, for this guy as, as someone. And he's still young. Uh, he's, a, he's a senior, but in for 22 until October. So he, he's a young player, still growing. Um, and he, he just has a knack for being in the right place at the right time. And in the seventh round, this is the type of corner I want to take a swing on and see what we have down the road. All right. Those are your 10 picks. Again, we'll run through them here real quick for anybody listening to the audio. Again, we appreciate it if you're watching on YouTube or listening to the audio. We're hanging out with Dane Brugler from The Athletic and his best case scenario, best mock Monday for us here. Uh, for the Chiefs is Felix Anyaduke Uzama with the first round pick, then Tyler Scott, wide receiver out of Cincinnati, Jalen Duncan, offensive tackle out of Maryland, then Jaron Hall, quarterback out of BYU, Marion Overshone, linebacker out of Texas, Dewan Johnson, defensive lineman from Toledo, running back out of Syracuse, Sean Tucker, wide receiver out of Charlotte, Grant DeBose, and the two seventh round picks we just talked about, Blake Whitehart, tight end out of Wake Forest, and Nick Jones, cornerback out of Ball State. Real quick, the totality of that draft. What is it about this group that is your best case scenario for the Chiefs? What do you? Why do you love it so much? I, you're you're checking boxes. You know, you want to add a potential uh, playmaker or receiver. Okay, you did that with Tyler Scott for the now and for the future. You want to add a tackle. You can uh, work with. You can develop. You did that with Jalen Duncan. Uh, you wanted to find an answer for quarterback too. I think you did it with with, uh, with Jared Hall. And, and then, oh yeah, you want to add another pass rusher to the mix. Okay, you take the local kid uh, with uh, Azuki and Dama. So I, I think that you're hitting a lot of buttons with what this team, what we think, uh, you know, this team might do 
on draft weekend. So uh, I tried to go as realistic as possible with, with these picks. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily maybe what everyone, uh, the fan favorite for every pick, but I think right. what we could realistically see happen uh, over those three days here coming up here pretty soon. You guys have all been pretty close. We've done three of these now. It's always interesting for what you consider a realistic spot. Uh, there's people who do this for a living, not just fans saying, well, what if the second rounder happens to fall to the fourth uh, or whatever it is, but within the the grades that you have, man, we appreciate it. Uh, we're going to say goodbye to you now. Before we do that, we are coming back after the break. We're going to be talking with Connor up to grow from CCVI. Uh, it, ask everybody to stay and listen to that. They do some phenomenal work in the community. Uh, Dane, but before we throw to this break, can you give people an idea of where they can find uh, your content and where and how they can get a hold of the beast? Just have to be a subscriber to The Athletic. It's all you need and it's included. So uh, even if you want to sign up for a month and get all of our great draft coverage, I've got a seven-round mock-up today. Uh, I think it's two bucks right now to sign up for a month <laughs> and you get the draft guide as part of that. I, you're not going to find a better value out there. So go to the athletic, go to my Twitter. Uh, it's pinned at the top, the link to, to get the draft guide. So I, if you like the draft at all, uh, I, I promise you, you will not be disappointed by uh, what the draft guide has to offer. And I can attest to that as somebody that's printed off every year, I think for like six or seven straight years, I have this huge booklets. I get them bound all nicely and spend the extra money to make sure it doesn't fall apart. Cause I want that thing to to stay together. And honestly, Dane, even when they sign a guy like three years after yeah. he's drafted, and I don't know, I go back to your draft guy. And I'm like, okay, what was the background? Like, what are the yep. stories? Always good stuff. Not just that year, but in the years to, to follow, but man, we appreciate your time. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to Casey sports network. We'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com All right, Chiefs Kingdom, welcome back to Best Mock Monday. Great stuff there from Dane Brugler breaking down his best case scenario, his best mock draft here on Monday. And to wrap up this show, I've got a special guest that I'm excited to talk to and uh, give him a chance to, to talk to you about what he's been working on and what his phenomenal organization has been working on. If you're obviously a supporter of KCSN, you're listening to this show, you probably heard the ads about the CCVI trolley run that's coming up on the Sunday after 
the NFL draft. And we're talking one of the people who is tasked with making this thing happen and making this thing a success, Mr. Connor Updegrove from CCVI. Connor, man, we appreciate you spending some time with us. God, BJ, thank you so much for having me. It's, a, it's great to start my week here. And, you know, I always say that it's a really good week when I get to do two things, which is one, go for a run. And two is listen to y'all's podcast. And it's a heck of a day when I can do both those at the same time. So thanks well, for having me. That's the goal. Uh, you know, try to create as much content as we can to get to hit people, whether they're supposed to be working at, or working out or driving around in their cars, whatever it is, we appreciate however people listen to our content here. But Connor, uh, for people who aren't familiar uh, with CCVI, can you give a little bit of a history behind uh, what the Trolley Run is and, and kind of what the organization does for kids in our community? Yeah, no, absolutely. So the CCVI Trolley Run is the largest fundraiser for Children's Center for the Visually Impaired, which is a nonprofit here in Kansas City that's been around for 70 years. And the Trolley Run itself has been around for 35 of those years. So we've been running through the streets of Waldo, Brookside, and the Country Club Plaza every Sunday, the last Sunday in April, um, to really change the lives of kids who are blind or have low vision. So how did you get started in this personally? Like, what was your call to to get involved with an organization? Like, there's so many phenomenal organizations out there, obviously, including this one. Uh, what was it about this one that made you really interested in, in helping and, and giving your time for? Yeah, that's a great question. So I actually ran the trolley run when I was six years old. It was the first race that I ever ran in Kansas City. Um, and I actually, on the Monday following the race in my second grade classroom, I had a project where I had to draw a picture of, you know, sort of, um, what my weekend looked like. And so I have a picture from, you know, 20 years ago that, uh, has a picture of me running the trolley run. And, you know, it really kind of sets the precedent for, you know, what I've done for the rest of my life. You know, I've always wanted to help kids who are blind or have low vision and particularly kids with special needs in general. You know, my mom is a special education teacher of 30 years. So the, the segue was really natural. And, you know, for all of your audience who, you know, is listening to the KCSN for their favorite draft content and everything like that. You're kind of wondering, you know, why is this random guy crashing it? And you just want to hear who the Chiefs will take at 31 or whether or not Deuce Vaughn should be drafted in the fourth round. I promise you <laughs> that's well beyond my area of expertise. But I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you that CCDI really has been a staple of the community in Kansas City. And the draft is genuinely going to be one of the highlights of this entire town. And so for us to be able to share that weekend with, you know, an event that has the world stage is something that's really special to us. You know, 100% of the proceeds for the trolley run go to providing therapy, education, specialized services to these kids. And families on the both sides of the state come to us too. I think the coolest thing about Children's Center for the Visually Impaired is that when a kid comes to us, their family is often told what they can't do. And we like to focus at CCDI on what their child can do. You know, blindness is just a diagnosis, not a disability. And so we really like to be able to have that happen. When people are listening to this and they want to know how to support it, we're going to hit this a couple of times, but if people want to get involved, uh, can you give some details of the event, how people can sign up and what they could expect if they do sign up and want to come out and support um, getting out in, and yeah, to your point, like just the way that KC is rallying around this, it'd be a special time to run through those areas and just see the impact that this draft is having. But if people want to support it, what can they do? Yeah. So the very first thing you can do if you want to support CCVI is just participate in the trolley run. You can go to trolleyrun.org and sign up for the race. And I promise you, there is no athletic ability required to do it. You can walk, you can run. We have our CCVI families of kids 
for a five-year-old who will get out of the stroller and walk across the finish line. So it's really an event where everyone is welcome, regardless of your athletic background. Um, the second thing you can do is consider a donation too. You know, the work that we do is truly exceptional and we aid school districts all across Missouri and Kansas to make sure that kids get the best education they receive. You know, we talk about the world stage and everything like that. And CCDI is only one of five schools across the country that does the work that we do with our kids. So a donation, whether it's $5, $10, $100, it goes a mile for these kids. I promise you that. So those and, are the two big wits. Yeah, and you can find the link to that that he just mentioned uh, in the description of both the podcast and the video version if you're watching on YouTube. You can find the link. You can figure out how to support Connor. People want to come out and do the trolley run. It's not just the run. You've got a bunch of events and, and activations around that. Uh, besides just coming out and running, which people that have been following me on social media know what I did to my ankle uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, I could barely walk around, let alone get out there and run. But if people do want to come out, you got more than just the the race that's going on. What else can people expect that want to come out on that Sunday? Yeah, we have a lot of stuff going on. So we will have um, free beer for anyone who participates in the race. It's always a huge hit for our, you know, plus 21 folks out there. Um, we'll have a rock climbing wall. Um, we'll have music playing. Um, and then my favorite part is actually our kids run. So we have um, a choose your own distance for kids uh, to be able to do that. So if you want to bring the family out and you don't want to run, but you want, you know, your little toddlers to run, that's okay too. They're more than welcome. So really, and that's kind of the last thing we do on race day is, is that kids run. And that is probably the most special experience you'll ever see on the Country Club Plaza. You know, it's funny because I was thinking about, you know, the NFL draft is such a hopeful event. For one night, every team feels like they just won the Super Bowl. And I can promise you that when you see our students cross the finish line, whose parents have been told your child can't see or your child can't sit up on their own, and when they cross the finish line of the trolley run, they feel like they just won the Super Bowl. And so really just getting to experience that and watch it, that's really what the trolley run's about. We we want everyone to come out. That that just sounds awesome. And and kind of appreciate all of the information and you coming on. And I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit. And I know there's probably dozens and dozens. You don't want to feel like you left anyone out, but just to to give our listeners or viewers uh some context uh to what it matters to, to kind of walk in your shoes for a day. Uh, is there a particular story, maybe it's somebody who's going to be running this year, a kid who's in the program now, um, that kind of can personalize a little bit more for the listeners about what the work you're doing and what kind of impact you've seen uh, from somebody that if they do want to go out and support the trolley run, you know, somebody they might see out there uh, right now and what this program and what your organization has done for them. Oh my gosh, BJ, I have <laughs> hundreds of stories of kids that I could share with you, but um, you know, the one that really sticks out to, in my mind right now is uh, one of our family teams, actually. During the race, we have CCDI families who make custom t-shirts, and then on the back, they get to have their team names. So people really know kind of who they're running for. And one team name is uh, Artie's Party Animal. So it's a student at CCDI <laughs> whose name is Arthur. And Arthur is, to quote his mother, dynamite. He is the most excited little boy you'll ever meet. He is a ball full of energy. And really, I think the coolest thing for, for Arthur and his story is the fact that, you know, his mom and his family have really invested themselves in the community with other parents too. You know, Beth's mother really wants to go the extra mile and connect with other families, you know, that have a child who have a visual impairment and really, you know, make sure that they feel connected to the CCDI to make it one big family. And so that's something really cool too, is that kind of, you know, family network that's created for it. But, you know, 
Arthur will be out there on race day with Artie's party animals, and they're encouraging everyone who runs the race uh, to dress up like in, like your favorite animal and, and do the four <laughs> miles that way, which is going to be really, really incredible. And I think the biggest thing that they have said that I always love is everyone's the same and everyone's different. And that's something that really stuck with me, and it's something that I think about a lot when I get to see our kids. That's an amazing message that anybody living in Kansas City can t- take to heart right now with everything that's going on, not just nationally, but within our own community. Uh, but Connor, man, appreciate you coming on again. That's trolleyrun.org. And you can use case, uh, code KCSN. If you sign up, you get a few bucks off that registration. But again, that's trolleyrun.org. Connor, thank you so much for joining. I can't wait to talk with you after and figure out how the event went down. We've got something going on at the same time, but, uh, and got a bum wheel. Otherwise I will be out there. We'll be out there in the future. Uh, to get out there and support you guys and your organization. We'll continue to, to discuss and figure out ways that we can help you at KCSN going forward, man. But uh, good luck with everything. Hope it goes well. And hopefully Kansas City shows up just like they always do uh, for great organizations just like yourself. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate everybody for listening and watching this episode. Thank you to Dane Brugler for dropping by and giving us his takes on what he thinks a best case scenario would be for the Kansas City Chiefs. You know we'll have plenty more content over the next couple of weeks getting you ready for the NFL Draft. You can find everything that we're doing for the NFL Draft on our social channels. And don't forget to download our brand new app that we just launched this week as well. You can find it by searching KC Sports Network on the Apple App Store or on Google Play. We appreciate all of you. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.